The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. What are you wanting to let go of? listeners. Welcome to In the Arena. I'm Jackie Goldberg. And I'm Leah Smart. And today we're going to talk about letting go. Surprise, surprise. So first, why letting go and why now? As we were thinking about what we wanted to talk about in this episode, it's it's quite an interesting turn to go from talking about you know, racial unjust and unrest and allyship to something different because it is not something that conversation that ends after two podcast episodes. But what we did know and notice about this year is looking back on all that this country and this world has been through in six months, really what this year has been about has totally been about forced release. So we're really having to let go of so many things that we planned, that we believed about the world, our expectations, even some of our goals. And Jackie and I have really been feeling that throughout this year. And we've been talking about it, but we haven't really named it and just had a conversation around it. So that's why we wanted to do this today. We're letting go as individuals, Jackie and I each, but the collective, this world is also letting go of our beliefs and hopefully creating a world where, you know, this release that happens in 2020 is our springboard into the real world that we want to create. That is one of a new set of beliefs, a new set of goals and expectations around how we can bring more of our own goodness and joy and love into the world that we live in. So first, we're going to talk about what it means to just let go and what that is all about. And then also some of the things that we've had trouble letting go of, right? So we all struggle with this in different areas of our life. You know, finally, you know, what are we letting go of today? Because this is an ongoing thing. Jackie and I talk about this a lot, but we are certainly people in progress. And so, you know, we, we record this podcast partially to share what we've learned, but also to be really real and vulnerable about our own work in progress that we each are. So we really want to make sure we're clear on that. Letting go is something that individually we both have worked on for ourselves and are continuing to work on. And I find that it is one of the aspects of spirituality or personal development work that is really hard. And I love how you brought it in with the collective and the world and where we're at at this moment in time, because it's work on an individual level. And yet there's such a big impact if we all were to look at how we can let go of aspects in our life and what that really does for common humanity. Yeah. Yeah. It's individual and collective. And, you know, I always look at it as like, if we can change ourselves, we can change the world. So, you know, it starts with us and then we, we start to allow that for others. So you might be thinking as our listener right now, you know, what does it mean to let go or what are we letting go of? And the way that Jackie and I think about this is it's really about letting go of our attachments and our attachments fall into typically two categories. It's either to someone or to something. And that thing could be something material or not material. But whatever our attachment is in the moment, it really makes us feel secure. And one of the big things that humans crave is certainty, security, and control. And that's really at an ego level. What this does when we try and stay in this space of refusing to let go, of trying to continue to feel secure and certain and in control, is it prevents us actually from, number one, moving forward or growing 
but it also prevents us just from being present to our lives right now in the moment. Yeah. And we think about the control aspect as something that's giving us power or strength. And I and I think that's why so many of us like to hold on to it, right? Because we are familiar with it and it gives us a sense of ownership over whatever is happening in our lives. And it almost feels like the opposite of what it actually letting go is. So letting go is freedom, is liberation. However, it does feel like we're giving something up when we let go versus taking something in or bringing more power into our lives. Yeah. And I think like letting go can, you know, when you're in a specific space, like letting go can be fear of, it can be bringing up fears like, well, what if, but what if this doesn't happen? Or what if this doesn't come true? Or what if the outcome I expected doesn't happen exactly the way I want it? Or what if this person no longer cares about me, or I'm no longer in a relationship, or this friendship ends? Or, you know, what if I don't get the thing I ultimately desire? And so we like squeeze as tight as we can onto so many of those things, because we have this false belief that holding tighter means we're going to get it. But in reality, it means nothing except that will break even more when we don't, or if we don't get it in the way we think we're supposed to. And there's certainly an element of trust here, right? Like trust that things will work out, trust that the universe will bring us what we desire in this lifetime. And and, and when there's acceptance as well, we actually can cultivate that strength and power in a whole new way that lets us release all of that anxiety that we're building up when we get attached to what we want a certain outcome to be. And, and, you know, speaking of letting go, I know some people think of, and you mentioned this, I think like the material or not material, like letting go of a person, for example, like a relationship, I think is a big one. And I know we both have um, stories or, or anecdotes where we have used this concept of letting go in our own um, relationships that we've had, but also like the non-material, like thoughts, right? Like having all these thoughts in our heads that we can really get attached to and cling onto and really make up the story or narrative in our mind that literally we can just choose to release and let go and be more present. And, and really focus on what is the now. Yeah, there's an interesting portion of a book called Conscious Business that Fred Kaufman wrote, and he talks about having a spiritual harness. And, you know, Jackie, you and I certainly dance around spirituality and talk about some of the things we believe, and, and yet we actually rarely share our own specific spiritual journeys, which we won't do too much of today. But one thing I want to share is letting go is incredibly difficult if you believe there's nothing there to catch you. And that is the truth of what a spiritual harness is, is the belief, like you said earlier, that the universe is there or God or whatever you, you need to call it to make yourself feel it in the way that you'd like to really that it's there to catch you. Because if you believe that you control every single thing in life, every single thing in the world, first, that's a, that's a very heavy weight to carry. But second, that means you're giving no faith to anything beyond your five senses or what you experience right in front of you. So with that, because I think that's that concept of spiritual harness is really constructive for, for us to know and to speak about. But what about for our listeners who maybe don't have a strong faith or don't believe in that way? How can letting go work for them? Yeah. So I think one way you could think about this, if you go, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who's spiritual, I will totally say, I think we all are. So not to shove it down your throat, but I think you are, I think you just may not have accessed it yet. 
But if you're not there, or if you really believe that that isn't the reality, I think it's about story, right? So looking back on your own story and recalling the times, if you can reflect that life has worked out, thinking back on some of the times that life has worked out when you haven't been steering or driving, like maybe that moment where there's no way in hell you should have gotten that job you applied for and you got it. Or, you know, there were 50 people ahead of you applying for the apartment and somehow you got the apartment. There are so many moments when, you know, this this harness of life or whatever you want to call it that makes you feel comfortable when it catches you. And so, you know, if you can reflect on that, whether it includes God or spirituality or not, you'll see the moments in your past where um, things have aligned for you and it, it shouldn't have. Yeah, that's such a such a great exercise uh, for our listeners to do. And thinking about those times specifically where you put no weight on what you wanted the outcome to be, where you didn't have expectations. So when we're talking about letting go, just to to give our listeners a few ideas, we talked about how it could be material, so it could be someone, right? But it could be beliefs, so limiting beliefs that you've set for yourself. It can be perceived outcomes. And this is, for me personally, where I struggle the most is wanting something to happen a certain way and trying to script that out or control that. Another aspect is expectations and also the past, right? I I know that some people, and and me personally, I'm not someone who really looks in the past often. I'm not um, a nostalgic person by nature. I'm actually much more of a future-oriented person. But of course, there are times when I look in the past. However, some people do look in the past a lot and have a really hard time letting go of what was, which really prevents them not only about thinking about the future, but the now, being in the present. And then even desires. So letting go of wants and desires, of course, and there is this balance between I want something and I want to create something in my life and I have a desire for things to be a certain way. And that's great, right? Especially as coaches, we talk about goal setting and having a vision for yourself and balancing that with your values. However, there's a lot of letting go in terms of how that is going to take place and what Uh, the actions around how you will get those desires will be, uh, which is also something for me that I often will find myself getting attached to the how, like, how am I going to, to get there? Yeah, there's a, there's a beautiful concept in Kabbalah, which is called restriction. And it is holding your desire, but releasing how you'll get it, or how you think you're going to get it. And, you know, you said something about, uh, I think, expectations or perceived outcomes, Jackie. And just because we are both coaches, I'm curious, what's it like for you when you create a vision and you have all these expectations? Hmm. I think expectations always bring about disappointments. There's, There's that old saying, no expectations, no disappointments. But I really do believe that when you have an expectation, whether that's low or high about anything there tends to be a disappointment in place because our our egos, we want it to be a certain way. And then it it just is not. And even if it exceeds our expectations, you're kind of setting yourself up for, for failure in a way. I find it more of aligning my vision with desires and actions and putting those in place to a point where I feel good about what I'm doing to work towards my goals. Let's say it's career goals and I have, you know, steps in place to, you know, coach a a certain amount of hours by a certain time or take a number of courses to get, you know, the skill set that I desire. And it's following that path. And yet 
being okay if you don't hit the goal that you want to hit, right? I think that, and I talked about acceptance earlier, it's it's acceptance of where you're at and what you're trying to do and being able to reshuffle and rejigger where you need to, to play out that vision that you want. So I think it's less of like this, this vision versus expectations and more so where my desires are at and not getting attached to if they happen or not, but really being able to be present in while I'm working through those. And if I need to shift things, then then being aware of that and being okay and accepting that. Yeah. And again, like we're both, I mean, we're both talking from a place of we've still got work to do here. Right. And so like, even as you were saying, you know, talking about career, that was definitely one that I had a struggle with myself of feeling like I should be advancing in a certain way. We've talked about this in owning our career story earlier this year, but believing that I should advance in a certain way and then having to release uh, and actually say, well, what is my real desire? And what happens if I let go of the beliefs of how I'm supposed to advance or the expectations I think that surround me? But one that's been challenging or interesting for me is, uh, you know, I'm, I, I know we, we obviously covered career, but I am 32 years old. I've lived in New York, moved here in 2012. And in the, the course of, you know, the last seven years, I have always been challenged by, you know, where am I supposed to be, quote unquote, moving forward in life versus where I actually am, believing that there were certain milestones or markers I was supposed to have passed already in order to say that my life is okay or that I'm where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, the clear ones for women, especially in America, is, you know, being married. And then it's having children and it's buying a house. And it's these things that have been laid out in front of us to say, well, this makes you okay. What you realize, what I've realized in passing that marker, right? And seeing a lot of my close friends in their 20s, late 20s get married is I'm actually more than okay right now. And my path is simply my own. And so, you know, what I, what I see happen for a lot of people is feeling like they're supposed to have been somewhere by now. And so they beat themselves up or they feel that, they should discount what they've done in their life because of where other people are without recognizing that a lot of other people are just running towards a goal they don't even understand either. Yeah. And I, you actually make a great point about the expectations because when you asked that, I was thinking about my own expectations that I put on myself, but you, you also talk about the expectations of others and what society says is you know, quote unquote, the right way or what is supposed to be. And we all, I think, you know, look at society because this is what we're conditioned to believe is, you know, the right way or the way things are supposed to be done. And you and I, both of our careers, both on our personal journeys to, you know, find that life that we want with husband and kids and and building those that family that we talk about uh, there certainly has been for me less expectations more perceived outcomes like what outcomes that I actually want in my life um, that I you know need to let go of how I'm going to get there and being okay that you know at, at 34 I I don't have what the typical you know 34 year old women would have in terms of a husband and kids And yet that doesn't mean that I won't have it one day. It doesn't mean that it's going to look the way that it typically looks, right? It can look completely different. I can have a baby without a husband one day. Who knows, right? And being open to the possibilities around us and being open-minded that we cannot control what comes into our way. We cannot control the outcome or, or, or what we really want, but we can, we can balance that with the desires and work towards those goals in the way that 
works best for us and just being open and, and accepting that. Totally. Like you can create the space that works best for you and you see this happen, right? Many people do follow some of these paths that they're meant to on the right, quote unquote, right career path or the right life path. And then they wake up one day and go, what was I doing? What, what was I thinking? I didn't even really know what direction I was running. I was just trying to hit the milestones. And by the way, Jackie, the average marriage age for a woman in a large city is 35. So you're still under average. Wow. Good to know. I have a year to uh, meet my soulmate. So well, no, you've got more time than that, but <laughs> still below average age. Uh- the LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. uh, We'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. So one thing that this brings up for me is this concept of fulfillment. And one spiritual lesson that I really love is... First and foremost, many of us think about fulfillment as reaching a milestone, right? So as soon as I get that job, I'll be happy. As soon as I, you know, get the ring on my finger, I'll be happy. As soon as I get the promotion, I'll be happy. Or when I have these friends, I'll be happy. Or these children, I'll be happy. And this concept offers that the fulfillment is not on the other side of that milestone. The fulfillment is in having a desire and then adding your effort or your action towards that desire. And that's where you find fulfillment. So... This was hard for me to grasp for a minute because I've spent most of my life trying to grab at things and saying, okay, great. When I get that thing, I'll be happy. And as I got more in tune with myself, I realized I was never happy when I got that thing. I had a moment or a flash of excitement and then it was nothing. It was like, it was like life hadn't changed at all. And so I realized like, there's got to be something off with this whole fulfillment thing and this consumerism culture that we live in, because if I'm supposed to be happy when I get that, you know, really pretty ring or like that cute sweater, but I'm happy for three seconds and then it's over, something's wrong here. And what I recognized outside of material is also just, you know, what we were talking about with family, friends, relationships is it's the deepest feeling of contentment is realizing you have a desire. Like desire, I believe, doesn't come from your brain. It comes from your higher self uh, to me and especially your authentic desires. So having that and then 
being able to say, wow, I really deeply want this and I want to create a world where I have it. And I'm excited to take effort and put action towards it. That's where you feel the fire is like waking up every day and moving towards it. Because when you get it, you're just on to the next thing and the goalpost just moves. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the connecting with the desire. So the desire is coming from authentically you. And I will say, you know, you have to have an element of being in tune with yourself and knowing really what that is. Because you talked about the script before. That was me in my 20s. I All the things that I'm talking about that I want now on a personal side in terms of a husband and kids, I was on that path. I was married. I was going towards that, but I wasn't fulfilled. And so the fulfillment that you're speaking about, this is the change within each of us that we need to create. And once you have that change and letting go is it plays a big piece of that, of the acceptance of who you are, the letting go of the fears that you cultivate within yourself. Once you have that, you're better able to connect with your desires and what you really want. There's also a lot of gratitude that goes into fulfillment and being grateful for where you are at and who you are versus what diamond ring do I have on my finger versus the new sweater that I just got? So I, I, I couldn't agree more with this fulfillment coming, you know, being within us, coming from within us, and then the joy that comes out of working towards those goals and towards those desires because they're really coming from an authentic place inside. Right. Well, and imagine, like, I, I like to throw the example, like, imagine if right now, Jackie, you were like, I want to be married with a family right now, and you could snap your fingers and have it. How would you feel? You wouldn't. Well, you're not, me- you're, I'm not, I wouldn't be working towards building that. Right. I wouldn't be working towards that. I wouldn't get that fulfillment of being content in working towards something that I really felt I wanted, right? If it just was a snap of a finger and all of a sudden I had to adjust, right? That'd be a huge shift for me. Well, yeah. And if we could snap our fingers and have everything we wanted, life wouldn't be fulfilling at all. It would just be a series of like, all right, I'm bored now. We would just be, again, up in the goalposts. And that's where, you know, being able to have something that you desire and then put your effort towards it and let go of how you think you're going to get it is super powerful. And another one of the things that we we talked about, you know, we've kind of alluded to is also this like binary or non non binary feeling of how things will happen. Like, for example, I'll either get the promotion or I'll never get it. I'll either change jobs today or I may never have this opportunity again. I either say yes to this or I may never get this again. We we oftentimes binary take take a binary view of what we want or what we desire. And it creates not only, um, it creates a scarcity mindset, first of all. It means that we believe that life only, life is just a pie. And there's only pieces of a pie. And if you don't take that pie now, you get nothing. And that's not really the way it works. Like all of this can truly be on a continuum. Like to your point earlier, Jackie, when you're talking about, you know, having children, you could easily, you know, when you turn 40, decide that you're going to have a child on your own and you'll still be open to a relationship later. It doesn't mean that you don't get what you want. You're just letting go of how you think you'll get it and the binary view of the yes or the no. This is a concept that I would say in the past nine months or so have really brought into my life because I found that I was working out of this very yes or no, black or white mindset about so many things. And when you actually put this continuum on anything, like any decision that you need to make or anything that you're struggling with in your life, 
it creates this sense of openness that allows that possibility to come in. And it actually is very freeing and releasing and very in line with, with letting go. Letting go is hard. I mean, it's something that is comfortable that we're typically holding on to. It's something that we typically know. Even if it's not a great place to be in, we're, we're comfortable, we're safe. I have this quote actually in my apartment, and I just want to read it for you and our listeners. It's, it is not the unknown we are afraid of. It is the known coming to an end. So sometimes the future is really exciting and we're actually excited for it. However, there is something that's holding us back from releasing and jumping into that quote unquote unknown because we're so comfortable where we're at. It's safe, right? But I want to talk a little bit about some practices for letting go because I've actually taken up a practice over the past three months. It actually started in COVID. And again, aligning this letting go concept with where we are at the, in this day and age, being at home, living alone, things come up, shadows come up for us. And letting go has been something that I've been practicing over the past three months, specifically through positive affirmations. So I want to share that there's this book called You Can Heal Your Life. It's written by Louise Hay, and it is incredible. I found so much wisdom in that book and exercises that I did to allow me to change, really transform in a way that I have been over the past few years, but in like a new huge shift. And and it's really awesome. And one of the things that I took from that book, because I was struggling with letting go specifically to attachments and outcomes for my future, was this uh, positive affirmation around letting go. And I want to just share what it is in terms of the exact wording, but how you can actually apply it to your life. So the way that I do it is I look in the mirror every morning and I say this affirmation and I've done it every day for the past three months. And I can honestly tell you that I feel lighter. I don't, I really do not feel attached to what my life is going to bring me in terms of that out, those outcomes we were talking about. And it has made a huge difference for me. So the positive affirmation goes like this. I let go of all tension within me. I let go of all fear. I let go of all anger. I let go of all guilt. I let go of all sadness. I am at peace. I trust the process of life. I am safe and I am home. And that in itself, I want to point out specifically that you say it as if it's already happened, right? I let go. It's not I will let go. It is I let go. You're doing it in that moment. And as you look in the mirror, you can say these these lines, but you also really want to feel it in your body. You don't want to just speak the words. You want to feel it a little bit that you are actually releasing the tension within you. And what this allows you to do is really create the space within yourself to open yourself up. You can also add some other uh, positive affirmations like I'm open to all possibilities. I love myself. I respect myself. I honor my inner voice. This book itself gives a lot of really good material around that. And she has clients who've seen incredible success. But for everyone right now, I can say I've seen incredible success. I just, I really do feel a difference. Yeah. And Louise Hay was a really important pioneer in the self-development space. So you'll find she has a ton of books that are all devoted to this and how we can heal ourselves. I love the affirmations, Jackie. I love the one that you shared and agree of, of allowing yourself to, of course, be present with it and say you're willing to do that thing now, but also to be calm in it and let it kind of 
let yourself embody it for lack of a better way of phrasing it, but really to feel it, feel what you're saying. A couple of things that, that I, I do, I am like 25% psychology, 75% spirituality. This is a psychology part of me that thinks about the fact that when we're trying to let go, oftentimes, and you mentioned this earlier, Jackie, oftentimes there's something that holds us back. It's like we're trying to run forward and we snag our sweater on something and we just can't get past the snag. And a lot of times what that is, is our own subconscious keeping us from moving towards what we want. The reason that it does this is when we're young, our subconscious basically decides, and I've talked about this before, decides what the world offers, what it means, what the rules of the road are for the world, and how we get to move forward in it. And so it puts us in a box that it thinks is safety. And so a lot of people in the psych space will call this the little prince or the little princess. But that little prince from when you're a child is constantly trying to keep you safe. And if you're not able to look at your subconscious, which is below the conscious brain and what it has programmed within it, it's very difficult to transcend that. So I do something called subconscious unblocking, which is a meditative exercise where I am going into my subconscious and unlearning things from my childhood. And it has helped me so much in the last, you know, six months of really going deep into it and spending time with it, along with things like affirmations and meditation. Another tool I use that is practical is something I call either this or something else. And basically, I think of this as when you have a desire, a lot of times we pinpoint one thing or one person or one outcome. And sometimes it's really hard to let that go. So, you know, this beautiful practice that Jackie and I talk about of letting go is hard. And I found that there are certain days when I want something or someone or an experience, and I'm just not willing to believe in the possibility that exists beyond that person, thing, or experience. So what I did instead of trying to run away from that was I created this idea of the scale. So the scale is, you know, imagine the, how weights used to be. There's two, two sides to this scale, like the old school scales. And it's either this, in this on this one side, imagine on your left side of the scale, the thing that you believe you want, or it's something else. And something else allows you to lean into possibility of what you have yet to know. So if you think about, you know, yourself today, would you have known your life would look like this nine months ago? Because I definitely wouldn't have. And I don't think Jackie would have either. So really, it's about how you can lean into possibility, but you can't do this every day. So what I found was I was able to create peace in myself by recognizing the scale and letting myself certain days lean into the thing I thought I really wanted. Even if I knew there were other possibilities, I just let myself have that day of saying, today, I just want that thing. Today, I just want that person. Today, I just want that experience. And then other times as I started to heal, I was leaning more into the possibility of something else and getting so much more comfortable saying, oh, today I'm happy leaning into the possibility of something else. And you just start to see your health and your emotional well-being improve. And that's how you can tell as your scale tips into the something else. That is such an awesome metaphor and way to kind of sum up everything that we've talked about today, especially going back to that binary, it's either this or that. This brings into the whole aspect of possibility. So it's either this or it could be anything. It could be anything that I desire. It could be anything that I want. And what 
allows that to, for us to do is to release the pressure of it has to be this or that and allows us to let go and be open to whatever the universe wants to bring us and whatever the universe has in store for us. That is su- uh, such a great metaphor. I love I love the the scale piece. And also the meditation and subconscious block uh, subconscious unblocking. I think that's um something I'll have to google after this <laughs> to learn a little bit more about. I definitely don't have expertise there, but definitely the meditation piece is is amazing for for all of this because again, meditation clears your mind, it gives you clarity, it allows you to release the thoughts that you're that you're thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like I'm a, I'm an Enneagram type seven. As Jackie knows, I talk about this all the time, but one of the most exciting things for a seven is possibilities and like opportunities. But really this is what, what we're talking about at the end of the day, right? Jackie is we're letting go so that we can let the universe or let our spiritual harness show up for us and show us what we didn't know was possible. Yeah. It's expanding our horizons in so many ways while letting our bodies feel really free and light. So you feel it kind of throughout. Your mind isn't going crazy. You're able to listen to your gut and your intuition a little bit more and your body feels lighter. Like who wouldn't want that? Yep. We all do. Well, thank you so much for listening to us listeners. We appreciate you. Appreciate you being with us on this journey. If you are looking for more of In the Arena, you can find us on In the Arena, LinkedIn, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And if you haven't subscribed yet, we actually have a newsletter that's called In the Arena, and it's on LinkedIn. So you can subscribe, please share your thoughts, engage with this amazing community of listeners. And if you really want to talk to us, you can email us at inthearena at linkedin.com. Thank you so much for joining and we will see you next time. Have a great day, everyone.